Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm David Brody. It's Thursday, March 25th, 2021. And, uh, well, what do you know? Uh, Joe Biden actually held an official press conference today, his first as president. Now, we want to sum up our water cooler analysis of his press conference with a visual. And here it is. It was an absolute train wreck. And by the way, that's being kind to train wrecks. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, should we start with how he looked lost half the time or the prepared notes when he was literally reading an answer on U.S. policy to North Korea? Huh? Maybe the most accurate line in Biden's entire press conference is when he said, and this is, by the way, a direct quote, where am I here? As for the content, first of all, he said he would not allow reporters access to detention facilities on the border until he's ready to. And he doesn't know when that's going to be, by the way. So is he like a president, a dictator? Let's watch this for a second. Be able to have access to the facilities. We've obviously been allowed to be inside one but we haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, and one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my, my chief folks have gone down, is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing... <clears throat> all the Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being set up, and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay, just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know, to be clear. I don't know. I have no idea. Media just took it. Didn't press him on that at all. All right, moving on. On immigration, he said nothing has changed. What? Nothing has changed at the border. Hey, Joe, even your liberal buddies in the media don't buy that. Here's some of that. Um, You've said over and over again that immigrants shouldn't come to this country right now. This isn't the time to come. That message is not being received. Instead, the perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man is the reason why a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors. How do you resolve that tension? And how are you choosing which families can stay and which can can go, given the fact that even though with Title 42, there are some families that are staying? And is there a timeline for when we won't be seeing these overcrowded facilities with run by CPB when it comes to unaccompanied minors? Well, look, I guess I should be flattered. People are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening that I'm a decent man or however it's phrased, that, you know, that's why they're coming, because, no, Biden's a good guy. Truth of the matter is, nothing has changed. As many people came, 28 percent increase in children to the border in my administration, 31 percent in the last year of, in 2019 before the pandemic. All right, so look, let's, we can get into that in a moment. As for changing the filibuster, he gave a strong indication that he's looking to eliminate the filibuster somehow, some way. He said it's a relic of the Jim Crow past, and then he said it makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. All right, this was a, a really, a truly bizarre press conference. I want to get some reaction now. Our first guest back on the water cooler, the one, the only, 
Newt Gingrich. Uh, Newt, uh, look, I'm not sure where to begin. Uh, why don't we start with your overall thoughts and impressions here? Well, look, I, I thought he did so much better than people watching him fall down on the airplane uh, that I think, from his standpoint, it was a successful press conference. Uh, you, and you can go at him and you can say, we don't, we think he said things that were not true. Uh, we think that he clearly was relying heavily on notes. But considering what people thought might happen in his first press conference, if I were him, I'd relax this evening and think I got through a big day. There was, you know, not, there was nothing here that was crushing. There were things as a partisan I disagree with. And it's clear that he can't find it, in a, to be honest about Trump, about anything. But I, I would still say that, you know, maybe like more like Eisenhower than John F. Kennedy. He wasn't, he wasn't charismatic. Uh, the complaint of, of our team at Gingrich 360, who watched it as a group, was that it was boring. And several people got up and left just because they couldn't take any more boredom. But, Newt, is this where we're at now with the, the president? The bar is so low that's just showing up as a victory? Well, look, a guy who gets elected from his basement has already set a bar that's so low uh, that I think this is the Biden administration. Uh, do everything you want to do on the left. Spend every penny you want to spend. Occasionally show up in public and sound like you're okay. Uh, and then go back to dealing with your allies run over the Republicans every day uh, while claiming you'd like to work with them. Um, you know, a, a good example is, is with where they didn't press him at all is uh, his answer on China. Most of what he said about China, I thought, was, was pretty much mainstream America now, seeing China and Xi Jinping in particular as a real rival. But nobody went back and said to him, okay, how does what you just said compare with the disastrous meeting in Anchorage last weekend, where the Chinese broke the rules, lectured the United States, smeared our country, and Biden's Secretary of State did nothing, uh, just, just took it. So there were places where, in a different kind of environment, you could have gone after him. But I think the Biden model is uh, just rope a dope, be pleasant, smile a lot. Uh, and assume that the news media will cover for him. Uh, Newt, I got to tell you, he he looked lost, and I'm not you know look, I'm not trying to make a joke at all. I mean, he really looked lost there for for quite a bit of the press conference. And uh, I, where was the question about when was the last time he had uh, some mental records potentially either released to the public or uh, any tests there? I mean, shouldn't the American public have a right to know that? Well, look, I mean, the American public ought to have a right to know that. The American public ought to have a right to have current, immediate transparency at the border. I mean, if you think about it, it's a total joke to say, I'm going to let you come to the border as soon as I fix it, so I won't be embarrassed when you come to the border. That's not transparency. Uh, that, that's uh, censorship. So in that sense, the, the, the problem for the modern Democrats is that they can't be honest about what they're really doing because they get defeated. So they've acquired very deep habits of saying things that aren't true, uh, and then hoping that the news media will cover for them. And sadly, all too often, uh, the news media does cover for them. And I think that this was a, in that, in that sense, this was a pretty typical press conference uh, that didn't get at that the really, the, the real stress points that, that are going to make the country almost impossible to govern were not things people brought up today.
Newt, I, I've got to get your uh, views on H.R. 1 uh, because that was brought up. This, you know, of course, uh, Democrats are calling it. As a matter of fact, one of the reporters for PBS actually called it uh, that Republicans are trying to restrict voting rights. That's the reporter uh, saying that, which is unbelievable, really. Uh, what, what is this seems to be the whole enchilada, the whole ballgame, H.R. 1. And I wonder if the filibuster indeed might come into play here because of that alone. Well, I think they, if they can't fix the filibuster, they can't pass H.R. 1. And I think they've concluded that if they don't rig the election, they're going to lose badly next year. Remember, in 1994, two years after Clinton was elected, we picked up 54 seats and controlled the House for the first time in 40 years. In, uh, 19, in 2010, two years after Obama was elected, we picked up 63 seats under John Boehner. Uh, so given how close the margin is right now, I think it's five or six seats, uh, it's almost inevitable that McCarthy is going to become the next speaker unless the Democrats can find a way to rig the election. And H.R. 1 is essentially the Corrupt Politicians Re-Election Act. Uh, what the president said was insulting, uh, not true. Uh, overwhelmingly, the American people believe that you should have to be required to have an identity if you're going to vote. Remember, we're about to go to, to this, this whole new um, driver's license where you're going to have to have absolute proof of who you are to get on an airplane. So we're saying that getting on an airplane requires higher level of security than selecting the president of the United States. Uh, in California, the recall petition, uh, actually, you have to prove who you are to have signed the recall, but you don't have to prove who you are to vote for the governor. So this whole model, the Democrats are desperate to find a way to rig the game. The country, and I've talked about this, and Mitch McConnell has talked about it, you go to polling data, you have the American people, uh, a majority of the Americans, against a Democratic machine. In Arizona, the margins against H.R. 1 are massive. Uh, in um, Nevada, in New Hampshire, uh, in a number of other places, uh, people do not want the federal government running over the state legislature on elections. People do not want voting without identity. Mm -hmm. People don't want unrestricted uh, same-day voting, right. where you can just walk in and claim to be somebody and not prove it. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see in the Senate whether or not yeah. in, in places yeah. like West Virginia and Arizona, uh, yeah. whether the senator represents the machine or represents the people. Newt Gingrich, always great to have you on the show. Really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for being here. And all right, uh, Newt Gingrich there. And by the way, Joe Biden called that un-American if you don't support H.R. 1. Un-American? Hold on. Inside, as he said, you need to show voter ID. How is that un-American? <sighs> I need a sedative. I, I take a lot of them on the show. Diamond and Silk next to react to the press's press conference. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, Joe Biden had the big press conference today, and I got to tell you, I'm not going to be able to get that hour of my life back. Uh, it's unfortunate, uh, and I'm working on that from a therapy standpoint. Uh, it was between that and Brady Bunch reruns. I should have gone with the Brady Bunch. 
Instead, I got a Joe Biden press conference, and now I've got to take an Alka-Seltzer chaser. Uh, so I'm working on that from a digestive standpoint. I have a feeling when I say digestive, I think Diamond and Silk have a few things to say and digest about all of that uh, press conference. She, they join us. Uh, join me now here on the water cooler. Uh, ladies, great to see you as always. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you for, for having us. us. Oh, you do it in tandem. I love that. I wait for that. I don't know. Uh, all right. You know what? Why don't I just use the word go? I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it looked I, just what do you think? What happened? Listen, we don't know what to say because we couldn't stomach any of it. Yeah. You know, this man is a liar. This is this whole fiasco is a fraud mm -hmm. and everybody know it. Please don't don't even mention the American people because I'm very, very sorry. The American people did not vote for this. Or the that. American people did not vote to have their borders wide open and people pouring into our country. Uh -huh. You're giving eighty six million dollars to put these people in luxury hotels. Yet we have veterans on the streets. Mm. We have homeless people on the streets. We have Americans that's been impacted and affected by a pandemic. Not of their doing, not of their cause. What's happening with that? But you're taking care of illegal aliens. I'm telling you, this is so sick, it's sinister, and it's sad. All this man did is got up on national TV and lied to America. That's right. Shame on him and shame on the media for not really reporting the facts. That's right. Yeah, the media for sure. I just, well, I can get going on them in a moment. I want to play you something he said about the filibuster, eliminating the legislative filibuster. He ends with the deer in the headlights look. Uh, ha have a look. With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Um, and that is that it used to be required for the filibuster, and I, I had a card on this. I was going to give you the statistics, but you probably know them, uh, that it used to be that... Anyhow, he just goes on and on, and he finds the card. Uh, look, th this is the ball game for Democrats. They they want to they want HR one into law. What's your take on uh, on what Democrats are trying to do here with the filibuster? I see what they're trying to do. Yeah. But they have to have so many Republicans in order to be able to do that. And what the American people are going to have to do is they're going to have to write their legislators and yep. let them know their state, not, legislators. Their state legislators yep. to let them know not to pass this here. That's right. is what's got to happen here. Because let me tell you something. When we talk about uh, uh, voter laws, Look at what happened in the 2020 election. That's right. The American people are not happy. Mm -mm. Now, the media ain't talking about it, but the American public is not happy about what we've seen, the fiasco that played right. out in 2020. And that has got to be rectified. You, The Democrats want to take something and put something in place to justify yep. what was done in 2020. Absolutely not. That's mm -hmm. right. Absolutely not. All of that needs to be investigated. We need to get to the bottom of what's going on, and we don't need to let that happen in our country. So if that means we need to have uh, our, our voter ID, yep. then everybody need to have an ID. Right. If that means we need to go back to nothing but paper ballots, then so be it. So be it. Yeah, and here's the thing. On voter ID, and all of a sudden, uh, voter rights are being suppressed because you need voter ID? I mean, what in the world? I, I, real quick, I got to show you this part from the press conference. He talked about Jim Eagle. Like, who's Jim Eagle? I, I, he was talking about Jim Crow, and then he got into Jim Eagle. Oh, my God. Here, here it is, ladies. Folks out in the outside this White House. I'm not talking about the, the elected officials. I'm talking about voters, voters. And so I'm convinced 
that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic. Who's Jim Eagle? He's talking about wow. Republican, I think he's talking about Republican legislatures trying to cramp, clamp down on voter rights. And I don't know what, ladies. But, 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 but he should know a lot about Jim Crow. Uh -huh. That's why we call him Jim Crow Joe. That's right. Uh, he should know a lot about, because all of the measures that has been put in place is because of these liberals. Uh -huh. Everything that has gone wrong is going wrong in this country is because of these left-leaning liberals. liberals. Yep. Just like Jim Crow Joe. So he should know about Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. We don't know nothing about no Jim Eagle. Maybe that's something he made up in his own head. That's but right. we do know a lot about Jim Crow. That's what the Democrats put in place. That's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you about the media. Uh, you know, I got, I'll be honest with you. I'll give them some props today. They did ask a couple of good questions. Uh, they pushed Biden a little bit on the immigration crisis. Uh, but did it didn't seem like there were too many follow-ups at all today. That's because no. it was a staged press conference. It was staged. The questions was already given to him. He was looking down at his notes because he already had the answers to it. Where is my president, President Donald J. Trump? That's how you do a real press conference, off the cuff, baby, when you can answer the questions. But when you got something that's staged right there, just like what's going on at the border, that's a manufactured crisis by Jim Crow Joe Biden. For what? Who's getting a kickback and a paddy whack mm. off of what's going on down there with human trafficking, with drug trafficking, with those kids walking, talking about walking a thousand miles? If American parents right now allow their children to, to, to walk to another state, we will be in jail and arrested for child abuse and child neglect. That's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. You think, by the way, Biden lasts all four years. He was talked today about uh, that he's going to run again. He says, that's my anticipation. I'm going to run again. What do you think? You think he's no, going to no, be no, around? No, 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 no. 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 But let me tell you something. Yeah. Biden probably won't even last four years. Uh, Anytime you trip walking up the stairs. That's a problem. That's a, that looked like a cognitive problem to me. That's right. Okay. So he probably won't make it four years. Listen, I wish that the military would step in and yes. take over. Yes. Because we got three people that call themselves the most powerful people that's supposed to be in charge. Larry, Curly, and Mo need to go somewhere and sit down yep. and allow the military to take over from here. That's because right. these people are going to bankrupt this whole country yep. and going to have us living in danger and a disaster. What's your view as to, real quick, we have 30 seconds, why should the military take over? Because, because of what? From a national security standpoint? Is that what you're saying? From a national security standpoint and to get to the bottom of what the American people saw in the 2020 election. That's right. We cannot forget or forgive that. Our mm. country is under siege. We see it. They know it. It's all a big fat lie. We need somebody to come in with some promises and take over. If not, our country will be going to hell in a handbasket. Mm, and that is the out cue of the segment. Hell in a handbasket, diamond and silk. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate both of you. Thank you Thanks for having, having us. us. Uh, and, they, and they end in tandem, too, which I always love. Uh, by the way, uh, let, let me just say, uh, you may disagree with them. That's fine. We've got Democrats on the show. I'm sure you probably disagree with them. But you know what? Let me just tell you something straight up. They channel MAGA Nation. And if you think they don't, you're wrong. And they're tapping into something that Donald Trump tapped into in 2016. Back in a moment with Nancy Pelosi's former communication director. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the water pool, everybody. Uh, I'd like to have a little balance on this show. That's right. We have Democrats on. We got Republicans on, conservatives, liberals, libertarians, my mother. Every Well, <laughs> I say my mother. Uh, we'll put her in a category a little later on. Uh, all right, so let's, we've had Newt Gingrich, Diamond and Silk. Uh, let's now bring in Brendan Daly, a former communication director uh, for Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Brendan, always great to have you back on the show, sir. I do not hear you, Brendan, but I'm sure you have a voice. Hopefully you do. Oh, Are there you, you there? go. Oh, wonderful. I am here. <laughs> All right, sounds good. You hear me now? I hear you great, and I wish uh, okay. sometimes they would put the mute button on me, by the way. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about the press conference today. I want to get your overall impressions. I've got a few impressions myself, but why don't we start okay. with what you thought? Go ahead. Sure. I mean, obviously, you know, he's getting older, and he sometimes he's very slow in terms of his pace, but I thought he actually did very well. He sometimes actually just answer with one word answers, which is if you followed Joe Biden's career for a long time, that you know that's kind of unusual. And he was forceful about the issues that he cares about. Certainly he talked a lot about COVID at the beginning and the vaccination shots and getting kids back in school, which actually I thought was interesting, David, that I really think it's kind of an indictment of the White House press corps. There wasn't a single question about COVID or the response or about kids getting kids back in school, which are huge, important issues. Um, he talked about immigration, about the voting rights bill and how important that is. Um, so a lot of lot of issues that were that were important. I thought overall he did very well. Um, you know, I'm sure people will will nitpick here and there, but overall, from the Democratic point of view, I thought he did very well. And even from the country's point of view, he really tried to say, listen, I know that this you know COVID bill didn't get any votes from Republicans in Congress, but it does have strong support from Republican voters across the country. Yeah. And that's certainly true. I, I want to get to some of that legislative uh, stuff, if you will, in a moment. But but regarding the whole mental health issue, and I say, I, I'm calling it, I'm not sure if it's a mental health issue exactly. I can't, I'm not a doctor, obviously. But at the same time, I mean, Brendan, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that that, that was that was a little, that was everywhere today. I mean, that, that looks slow. And you just got to wonder what what's going on there, Brendan, that that did not look good for him. Well, I, 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 I happen to disagree, actually. And Everyone I've talked to thought he looked very good, actually. So really, the the appearance is in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah. And certainly he's older and he's, his, his, his delivery sometimes will slow down. I don't think there's any question about that. But he's in command of the facts. He knows what he's talking about. And he's got a very calming presence that I think is very, uh, you know, appealing to people across the country. That's why his ratings are so high. I, I think this he did very well today. All right, the legislative filibuster. I, I'm going to play some sound from him in a moment, but first I've just got to get your take. Well, actually, you know what? Why don't we just play that first, and, and then we'll come back and talk about the, the chances of a legislative filibuster being abolished. Uh, he, here's a sure. little bit of what he said. Happy to talk about that. I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I've, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's. I don't know. I, you know, when he said anyway, I think he, I don't know if he lost his train of thought. Yeah, he lost or, his train of thought. Okay, I but. Agree. I, I see that, David. He did lose his train of thought. But the yeah. overall point was that, you know, he sort of. He's a guy who's been in the Senate for a long time. He was in there for 36 years, as you know. Mm -hmm. And he really doesn't want to change the filibuster. But I do think that he sees 
you know, the energy on the party is that, the, you know, that, that may have to be done because if you have to get 60 votes for every bill, many things that the party and the president want to get done will not get done. So he was sort of inching closer to that. And some of his other answers, he talked about, you know, the so-called talking filibuster, where you make senators get up actually on the floor and talk for hours and hours on end. You can't just say, I want to filibuster this that automatically goes to a 60-volt threshold. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, you know, there's a lot of frustration, as you know, among the Democrats about uh, the use of the filibuster, because basically it requires 60 votes for any, any legislation. And when the Democrats have 50, that means you're going to get 10 Republican votes, which is a very difficult thing if they're unified in opposition. Brendan, you've been in, uh, in the congressional halls for a very long time. Did you ever think you would see this legislative filibuster discussion actually be taken this seriously? Because because it seems to me, Brendan, that this has moved from kind of like a progressive dream to, wait a minute, this could become reality if you can get Manchin and Cinema and a couple people on board. Right. And it's hard to, maybe they won't get on board. You know, look at, I don't know if you saw the other day, David, there was a very good op-ed by Angus King, who's a, an independent who caucuses with the Democrats, and he certainly leans that way. But he said that he's in generally been opposed to changing the filibuster, getting rid of it. But he has been frustrated by the lack of um, cooperation on the Republican side. And he basically said in his op-ed in the, in the Washington Post the other day that it's up to Mitch McConnell and the Republicans to see how do they respond to this, you know, this voting rights bill, to the immigration bill, if it comes to a vote infrastructure, any number of bills that are you know coming up in the next few months, um, and then if they continue to block them, then I think you will see something happen. I don't think it'll happen right away. All right, just so I understand, what, and you may have broken up a little bit when you answered that question about Mansion and Cinema. Did you think that they would eventually come along here, or you're not sure that they will? Well, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think there's energy on the, the Democratic side as a whole to do that. And I was referencing to Senator Angus King, mm -hmm. who had been sort of reluctant to change it and now seems to be for it. Uh, Manchin has been pretty adamant that he won't change that. But, you know, we'll have to see where the, where where, uh, where that ends up. Um, yeah. I don't think it's an easy thing. That's why I don't think it'll happen right away. I think you'd have to make the case that, hey, this bill got blocked, this bill got blocked, this bill got blocked. And we're, you know, what the president said, which I think is yeah. correct, is that he was elected to try to solve problems and get right. things done. And if, if he feels like this is impeding that, then I think he, he may put some pressure on Manchin. Right now, I don't yeah. think he is. Well, as we wrap up here, you said this bill, this bill, this bill being blocked. And I'm thinking gun control. I'm thinking immigration. I'm thinking HR1. That's this bill, this bill, this bill. I mean, this does right. seem like, I mean, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can put two and two together. No, I think you're exactly right. Those are the bills I'm talking about. Infrastructure is another one. Yeah, right. And I feel like the, the, the administration really wants to do these things. And, and look, all of them have strong support nationally throughout the, the country. On the on the gun control, for instance, we'll talk about that gun violence prevention. That mm -hmm. has, you know, the background checks and some of the bills that the House has passed. These are not radical bills. They're not trying to uh, take away anybody's right. They're not trying to assault the Second Amendment. They're trying to establish that folks should get a background check before you can buy a weapon. We just saw two terrible incidents last week or so in Atlanta and then the other day in Boulder. And so I do feel like there is momentum to try to get something done there. But as it stands now, nothing will get done. It won't get passed if, right. it, if it doesn't get done. Brendan Daly, a former communication director for Nancy Pelosi. Brendan, thank you for the perspective. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, David. All right. Uh, that's uh, Brendan Daly. And I got to tell you, uh, he, you know, he, he has a pulse on what Democrats are thinking. And as he pretty much said right there,
This seems to be the way it's going. Now, if the votes are not there, the votes are not there. But that doesn't mean that progressives, and let's be honest now, the Biden administration doesn't want to change the filibuster. I think they do, not I think, they do want to change the filibuster. The question is, can they get there? And H.R. 1, that's the bill to watch for. Back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. You know, with Joe Biden's uh, big press conference today, uh, one thing I thought about is how Judeo-Christian values in America are indeed under attack. That is how... Uh, many uh, conservatives feel in this country. And it, it got me thinking to a story we did a, a few weeks ago when Gerald Nadler was on the House floor. He had been reacting, he was reacting to something a congressman, Congressman Greg Stubbe said at the time, Congressman Greg Stubbe started reading the Bible uh, on the House floor regarding the Equality Act, which has to do with transgender, male, female, all of that. And then once Greg Stubbe was done reading the Bible, Gerald Nadler said something very interesting. Have a look. Mr. Stubbe, what any religious tradition ascribes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. Ah, no concern of this Congress. God's will, nothing to do with this Congress. Uh, uh, our next guest wrote something very interesting. I want to I put this up on the screen, and then we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, this is what he said about all of uh, what's going on with Nadler's comments and about how this country was founded. He said this, the founding fathers knew exactly what they were doing when they made God's laws the cornerstone of our country. This culture and these rules have created the most prosperous society in the world. It has also created a society in which human rights are respected, a promise that millions of Americans have paid the ultimate price to defend. And joining me now, the man who penned those words, Charles Mizrazi, the founder of Alpha Investor. Charles, great to have you here on the water cooler. Charles, I want to start by asking a little bit about what you made of Nadler's comments in general when you, when you heard about them. It obviously provoked you to write something here. Yeah, I just don't think he gets it, you know, especially where he was sitting. He was sitting in the people's house in the chamber, and all he has to do is look right in front of him, right on the wall there, it says, in God we trust, and just look straight up ahead. They have 23 reliefs, which are really gorgeous, that were chiseled in there in 1949, 1950. It's 23 of them, and it's all famous lawgivers, and 11 face one side, 11 face one side, and in the middle, in the middle, they're all directing towards Moses, the ultimate lawgiver. Uh, so, as you know, Moses penned the five books of the Bible and first five books, the um, uh, which uh, which I think Jerry Nadler says has no place in the house of the people. Yeah, and Charles, you're an observant Jew, and so can you help us kind of connect the dots here a little bit from an Old Testament standpoint uh, as it relates to. Uh, the Judeo-Christian fabric of our country, and, and because it, it really is intertwined right from the beginning of time. Yeah, 100%. You know, the Founding Fathers were uh, uh, very versed in the Jewish Bible, and they built this country and the foundations of this country on those values. For example, 
you know, it, it, every person has dignity. Every person is created in the image of God, which basically means that every person has infinite worth. Uh, and that's something that Americans have always felt. And even though at the time that the country was founded, it wasn't happening, they knew they were going to get away from slavery. They had to. But the point is, is that they were very versed in the Bible in terms of property rights, in terms of land rights, in terms of freedom, and in terms of a government that was represented by the people. Jerry, oh, excuse me, Jerry. Charles, what are, what are, I got Nadler on the brain, apparently. Hey, so, so what are liberals all afraid of here? I mean, what's, what's kind of, what's going on here? Why, why does a talk of God reading even the Bible, uh, whether it be Old Testament or New Testament, I mean, they, they got issues with the whole kit and caboodle. What, what's the deal here, uh, Charles? Why, why are, why are they so freaked out? Well, the way I see it is this, and remember what, uh, what Representative uh, Stubbe was basically doing. He was reading about the Equality Act, he was debating it, and using the Bible to show that there is a set order in terms of the way God created male and female and the genders, keeping them separate. What are they afraid of? Gosh, I phrase, they're afraid of God. They're afraid of morality. They're afraid of uh, the fact that 90%, 90% of Americans, according to the uh, Pew study and done at the end of 2017, said that 90% of Americans believed in God or a higher being. So uh, if you take God out of the equation, and which we've done already by taking God out of the classroom, this is the society that we have, once you dismiss God, then anything goes. Morality becomes subjective. Uh, if Nadler wants to say uh, genders don't matter, why not? Uh, that's not the way our country is, and that's not the way our country is founded. It's not the way the people of this country want to be represented. Look, David, very simple. The The House is the representative of the people. 90% of the population of this country believe in a higher being, believe in God. To say that God has no place in the House of Representatives, no place in the law of this land, really goes against everything that this country was founded upon, which are Judeo-Christian values. And I might add, we're the only nation that was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Uh -huh. There are nations that are founded, and that's really the key. No, 100 percent. And you know, what's interesting, Charles, is that we're not just talking about these culture war issues. I mean, uh, you're founder of Alpha Investor. I mean, from an economic standpoint, I mean, there are biblical truths as well when it comes to economics, correct? Yeah, absolutely. As I, as I penned an article a couple of months back on uh, when this time socialism was starting to get more air and everyone was even considering it legitimate. And when did, ever did the government need to take care of the poor? That was the responsibility of every person. Uh, we don't say, well, I pay my taxes while that person's starving in the street. No, houses of worship, clubs, organizations have had soup kitchens, have taken care of the poor. This is a this is something that is embedded in the American people. Uh, property rights. Uh, these are things that the Bible talks about, and basically the Founding Fathers incorporated in creating a system of government that is fair and equitable into the fabric of our society. Yeah, and as we wrap up here, I remember Robert Bork's book, uh, Slouching Towards Gomorrah, and boy, was he ever uh, right about that. Uh, what, what's your biggest concern, uh, and is there a solution here in terms of where we're going as a country? Because these are dark days, Charles. Yeah, well, that's those are two excellent questions, and I wish I could answer the yeah. latter. But uh, where we're going uh, here, I don't think it's in a good place. Uh, and, and I think what happened was as soon as we took God out of the classrooms and took down the Ten Commandments, 
So morality doesn't mean much. There's no, no law or responsibility to answer to. Everyone could do what they want, create their own uh, um, benchmarks and baselines of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. Anything goes. And that creates anarchy. It really doesn't work. And what made this country and blessed this country, think about it, we have 4% or so of the world's population, yet we produce close to a fifth or a little more than a fifth of, of the world's GDP. So this country has been blessed in so many different ways because, and I, and I, I really believe firmly this, because yeah. we follow Judeo-Christian tradition. Charles Mizrazi, founder, Alpha Investor, really appreciate your time. Great insight. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Dave. All right, uh, good stuff. And by the way, speaking of Judeo-Christian principles, what a great transition to our next segment coming up on The Last Sip. The Colorado baker back in the news. Remember him with the same-sex marriage cake? Get ready for the sequel, Oy Gavolt. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Here we go again. Unbelievable. Now, I'm sure you remember this case. Uh, it made it all the way to the Supreme Court in 2018. A Colorado baker named Jack Phillips refused to bake a wedding cake uh, regarding same-sex marriage. And uh, basically, that's what happened. Uh, he, he wouldn't do it. And so the Supreme Court ruled in favor of him uh, because they said, look, this anti-religious bias uh, uh, it is anti-religious bias by the Colorado uh, Commission there. So uh, anyhow, here we are again, two plus years later, and guess what? Jack Phillips back in court again, that same Colorado baker. He's facing another lawsuit. This time he's being sued for uh, declining to bake a cake, uh, celebrating a transgender transition. I guess that's what they call it. Uh, whatever, there's the headline. So, you know, Jack Phillips is a Christian. He says his religious beliefs prevent him from offering his services when it comes to the LGBTQ agenda. Basically, he says the Bible teaches that God uh, made male and female, uh, and he believes that, look, we don't get to choose that, we don't get to change that, and so the government shouldn't be able to compel him, or anybody else for that matter, to celebrate somebody who is trying to do that. Uh, here's, the, here's the issue and part of why we want to do this in the last sip for a bit of analysis. Uh, there is a chef at work, and there he is. Uh, I don't know his name. Uh, but let's call him, and I'm not going to say he's LGBT, but the LGBT chef is at work. And what do I mean by that? They've been trying to codify this type of stuff into law. They will fight Jack Phillips and every other baker that won't bake a same-sex or a transgender cake. That's the deal. That chef has been at work for a very long time. Then the question becomes from uh, a conservative standpoint, from a faith-filled standpoint, uh, will uh, folks that are against this stand up? Will they stand up and say, look, enough is enough? Well, Jack Phillips did, for sure, which reminds me of the whole cancel culture situation and political correctness. I mean, the Pillsbury Doughboy, for example. Like, like I thought of the Pillsbury Doughboy. The, there he is. Uh, here's a question. Why is he called the Pillsbury Doughboy? Really? I mean... Are, are we going to get to a point in America where he is just called, I don't know, let's just call him this, Pillsbury Doe. 
Because is he really a boy? How do we know if you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we don't know. So the bottom line is it could just be Pillsbury dough at this point. This is where we are in America. And then look, if he's Pillsbury dough, you can make him a boy. You can make him a female. Do whatever you want with the dough. Look, this is how goofy it has become in America. And I'm getting sick and tired of it. I don't know about you. The water cooler at justthenews.com. Let me know how you feel. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. It's the end of the show. Uh, normally, we have Anna Perez here. It's, a, it's an Anna-free Thursday. We don't have her here. Uh, Daniel Payne, where did he go? Where did Nick Balsey go? I've been left alone. That's fine. Guess what? More airtime. Just between you and me. All right. Uh, and guess what we're going to do here? The poll of the day. The Water Cooler. Poll of the day. I'm a big fan of airtime. For myself, that is. All right. Here's the uh, question. Uh, poll of the day. When immigrants enter the country illegally, this is a long question, so, so have a seat. Uh, they are currently released to communities around the country while they await hearings in immigration court. Now, some people believe those who enter the country illegally should be held in detention centers until it is determined whether they will be allowed to stay in the country. So which approach do you prefer? 36% say releasing legal, illegal immigrants while they await hearings. Go ahead and just release them. Catch and release. That's what they want. 36% say go for it. 46% say, hey, 36%, you're crazy. You got to hold the illegal immigrants in detention centers. And 18% shockingly say not sure. Uh, look, folks, this is the immigration debate right in front of us. Uh, and I think what's interesting here uh, is that uh, we haven't really talked about another option, which is what Senator Lindsey Graham wants to do, what Donald Trump has been doing or was doing back in his day, if you will, uh, which is uh, keep him in Mexico. Look, th this whole idea of detention centers in the United States can, can some, look, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but can someone explain to me why we're holding them here in the United States? I understand they want to come to the United States. I'm not that stupid. But at the same time, if you hold them in the United States and you say, hey, come back for your court hearing in, I don't know, six months, a year, two years, they're not coming back. Statistics show 85, 90 percent of them don't come back. And that might be low, by the way. So why are we even having them in the United States? And what Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump say, keep them in Mexico until they're hearing and then bring them to the United States for their hearing. In other words, end, catch, and release. That is not part of that poll at all because I would have asked a question. Now I'm critiquing the poll. Unbelievable. But, you know, I would have asked, you know, how do you feel about not just catch and release but actually keeping them in Mexico? And I wonder at that point if you don't have a lot more agreement because that seems to be the sensible thing to do. I'm out of breath and we're out of time. On the show Friday, Nathan Gonzalez back with us, Dr. Dave Bratt. I love how he's a doctor. I'd like to be called a doctor of anchoring. But can we work? All right, see you tomorrow.